Hello, buddy. <laughs> hey, pal. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. As you pointed out, I just made a really good timing decision and decided to go pee one more time before podcasting. I'm I'm always so proud of the ways that you grow in your life. <laughs> I've never peed on the podcast before. Well, we can't be sure. No, we both peed in the middle of the podcast, but we stopped recording. I realized that right as I said it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was just excitement peeing because we were in the yeah. same room together. Yeah. That's like that Liz Lemon line, uh, my, my sims get so excited and then eventually they pee themselves. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I got to ask you the age-old question. Uh, how you doing with the breakup? <laughs> You know, in a world that changes overnight, it's nice to have things you can rely on. <laughs> oh, I, I'm talking about your old breakup. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> I'm just um, wondering how that's settling in. Yeah. Four years <laughs> um, good question. Do you actually want me to answer the, the old breakup? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me. I, I really feel like I've come to terms with that one finally. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I feel like, if anything, recent events have given me a new perspective, a new <laughs> a new appreciation, they have a little more respect for that kid. They haven't opened any old wounds or anything? <laughs> Alright, that's a leading question. Of course it's opened old wounds. Yeah, I mean, tons of old woundage going on. Um, cool. Yeah. to the point let's hear about your more recent feelings <laughs> um I to, you know what I'm doing I'm doing well I so we last checked off it was very very sad I was I was it was Sunday I, I pretty much cried from oh no it was Monday so I pretty much cried from Saturday afternoon non-stop until Monday night mm-hmm. um and I just like uncontrollably sitting in event just like spontaneously bursting out into tears mm-hmm. um and like full-on sobs not just gentle ones um mm-hmm. and <laughs> and then Tuesday morning I had to go to work and it was my first day and I I woke up and the first thing I thought was I'm, I'm excited to go to work today um Woo. and you know I wish this is I why everyone you, this is why you do what you love people <laughs> this is this is exactly why you do what you love and I like, I, everyone should have to start a job at an office the day after they get dumped because, <laughs> like, I arrived and everyone's giving me hugs. Like, oh, my God, we're so excited you're here. Um, here's your, a brand new computer and, like, all this stuff where you're just like, oh, my goodness, like, this is really the start of something. Yeah, um, getting free stuff is always free a good stuff. way to fill the void. Yeah. Um, and then the week was pretty good and, like, Wednesday was an emotional come down for sure. Thursday, Friday, I did pretty well, and then as soon as I left work, I just fell apart because, um, you know, I had all that excitement, and then I was like, I have to wait until Monday to go back to work, um, which no one says ever, but and I'm sure several weeks from now I won't be saying that. But, You're like, TGIM, um, thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Monday. No, for right now, I'm like, thank God I gotta get to go back to work tomorrow. Um, but... And I have called you intermittently throughout the weekend mm-hmm. in varying states of okayness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I noticed that uh, you continued to feel sad and bad any time we talked, but then the one time we got Shekel on the phone, you immediately were like, <laughs> cheered up and laughing and doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta put on a strong face for her, you know? Yeah. I can't... Yeah, yeah true. I also... I... You and I expressed so much excitement around this person yeah. together, where it was just like, that is so cute and so great that, like, I think maybe talking to you reminds me of how excited and happy I was about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll go away. Don't so worry, I won't resent you forever. I'm a constant <laughs> reminder of what you've yeah. lost. Yeah, and um, I it helps to, like, get outside perspectives of people who didn't hear how happy I was, and they're just like, that's fucked up. Like, it's nice to, like, <laughs> to talk to people and explain the story and have them be like, what the fuck? Like, like that's crazy. So, um, 
it's not you personally. It's just, <laughs> you know what? I can't control the state that I'm in. I'm really sorry. I, I It's not you. I have, it's me. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. I have, <laughs> God, I apologize to anyone who had to hear that this week. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to say that obviously at this point in my last breakup, I would not be able to, I would be, dep- I was depressed for like several, several months after. Mm-hmm. And despite feeling very sad and so, so emotional about this situation, um, I don't feel, yes, like there are moments where I feel depressed thoughts enter my brain where I'm like, oh boy, like that's not great. But like, mm-hmm. I, I am not depressed and I have a great capacity for, for gratitude right now. And I do not suffer in silence. People out there like immediately called 10, 20 people and like just allowed myself to receive that support and ask for it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I've, <laughs> this is a funny story. My mom was here for a long time last week. Um, and she was like, God, Annie, whatever you do, like, please don't tell your new coworkers that you just got dumped. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to like protect me from embarrassing myself. <laughs> and I lasted about like two days. I went to lunch with my team and I was just like, well, if I seem a little melancholic this week, it's because I just got dumped. And everyone's like, but I, I wasn't supposed to tell you that my mom told me I shouldn't tell you. And they're like, we are a mental health organization. Like, like tell us what's going on. Um, so and I think one of the things I noticed as soon as I opened up to people about that at work was like I felt less alone. Like there's something mm-hmm. about trying to trying to pretend that it was nice to know like to have people know where I was coming from totally. so that I didn't feel crazy. So like right. anyway, I just want to say that um so I hope that me being perky right now um and I'm sure like maybe next week I answer the phone and I'm crying, who knows. Um but I like it the, it passes. I know how dark and, and scary it feels, but like it does pass. It takes time. Um, and as long as you're filling your life and like are, are building things that make sense to you, like that is the best thing you can do. So not though, Legos. Not Legos. Don't <laughs> build Legos. Build your life. Um, <laughs> I love Legos. Legos um, make no sense to me. No, I, I, what, what? You said build things that make sense to you. So I said don't. You said that Legos don't make sense to you? Yes. So that's I love Legos. Um, oh my god, you psychopath. I was more of a Barbie girl. Ugh! <laughs> just kidding. Anyone I'm you an, can be whatever you want. I'm an anomaly. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that... Actually, it kind of makes sense because you're like such so good with people that it makes sense that you would mm. playing with people. Right. Um, playing with it tiny people. Makes sense that you were... Uh, not playing no. with people. That's bullshit. I'm so good with people. Um, <laughs> I I just think that if you're single right now, if you're dating right now, the 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 best part about this breakup is that I returned to my life that I was very very proud of living. Like right, and yes, that, and that was work that you had put in to make yourself mm-hmm. happy before she came into your life. Yes, and I knew that I didn't do that appropriately the first time I dated someone. And, well, I mean, it's not my fault that Duke was terrible and soul-sucking, but, like, yeah. I moved to New York, and I have, I have truly, truly built this world where I am so – I think I'm living – like, I, it occurs to me every day that I'm living the life that I always wanted. Aww. And, and yes, I am devastated and I'm sad, and sometimes I have moments where I don't have – where I think that I don't have the will to move on, but, like – um I just got to return to this thing that's like okay well like I guess I'm working on my book now instead of hanging out with you like right uh, how lucky am I well I think that also (laughs) speaks to the healthy way to enter into relationships in general because because even for a relationship that does end up working like the only you can't you can't have another person be the reason for your happiness yeah or like I mean, obviously you can in a way, but... Um. It, I want to say that it feels nice to have the source of comfort and the stability, and I think it's great to lean on your partner. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I've talked about it before. Like, Shekel and I leaned on each other so much when we first, you know, came out or when we first started dating because neither of us had come out at that time, and we were, like, both in such intense emotional states, and, like, we really, really relied on each other in a way mm-hmm. that, like is not sustainable long term Mm -hmm. but so like it's 
it's okay, but at the same time, like, my point is just that in that first relationship, you were, like, so unhappy in college and, you know, Mm -hmm. not not feeling good and then this you found a person that it was like okay well this makes me feel you know understood and good and like this is my reason for being happy about going to this school rather than like oh totally rather than like I'm super happy here I'm studying what I love I've got a great group of friends and now I've got this amazing person on top of that Mm -hmm. whereas this time around like you've done you've put so much work into building this life in New York and it was fucking terrifying. You didn't know anyone when you moved there, and you um, were just pursuing writing and signing up for classes and meeting people and writing every single day. Like, you lived without Wi-Fi for a month, so you would just write all the time. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> like, you you really put yourself in the uncomfortable situation and then got to a point where you had a really good routine and group of friends and things you are excited about, and then that person came into your life and it was like, like you said, February was the happiest time of your life for multiple reasons. Just one mm-hmm. of them, one of them happened to be this person. And yeah. and it was, it was so wonderful to like share my wins with her and be like, have her be excited for me. And yeah. I, I do wish that for everyone. I wish that everyone has people, either a relationship or not, but like it's especially nice when it's a relationship that you can call and be like, this exciting thing happened to me. Because joy and sadness are good to share. Um, mm-hmm. And But, like, without even without her, I I felt those joys. And, like, I... I right. They would be feel like huge victories to me, even if she wasn't around. Right. Um, I do have a question. We can If you don't feel like talking about it, we can just scrub okay. this out. But um, you mentioned how you're trying to wean yourself off of your meds right now. Oh, yeah. I was just, like, I had the thought, because you you said that, like, literally when you're hysterically crying and talking to me, and you're like, oh, my mom's (laughs) here, and I'm like, oh, what's she doing? And you were like, oh, she's cutting my my meds in half so I can start going off of them. And I had the thought, like, is now maybe the best time to want to, like, they might, you know, they might be providing some stability that you're not aware of, or... I'm just curious, like, I want to hear your thoughts on that. No, it's a really good question. I, I... (laughs) <laughs> I'm off them completely now because oh, wow. my mom is so frantic about cleaning that, like, she moves everything. And I'm one of those people that, like, if my pill bottle's not by the sink, mm-hmm. I won't take it. Mm-hmm. And so she frantically cleaned my apartment while she was here, moved the pill bottle, and then I just didn't <laughs> occur to me to look for it. So I did two half days, and then I forgot. Okay, so you've been But at least I had it. those two half days in. <laughs> So, and are, are you feeling any, like, weird changes in your body or crashing or anything like that? You know what? As much as, <laughs> as much as I don't recommend this method and I <laughs> feel very, very secure in my ability to survive right now and, like, I'm not worried about um, entering extreme emotional duress and, and feeling isolated and making a bad decision, um... It was almost like it was a really good time to do it because I was just like, what is happening with my body anyway? So I was just like so emotional and so fucked up that that the medicine was like... It's just like the side effects are not noticeable compared to the other. Right. (laughs) Cool. And there was just like so much external... That was... (laughs) The day after she dumped me, I went for a run Mm -hmm. and I distinctly remember being like, I have pain in my side, like a normal cramp, and I was like, that feels better than the emotional pain. Aww. Like, it was, like, it was like, that I prefer, it's that kind of thing where it's like. Yeah, you're a bit of all, a masochist, so. No, I'm not at all. Um, <laughs> we can joke, but uh, I am, you know, I'm boosting myself up this week. I do, I'm a great person. Yeah, um, of course you are. I just, and normally I don't like running and putting myself through that pain, but this time I was like, well, that feels better. Like, as soon as I stopped moving, I was like, no! Right. Um, But I just think that I will be sad for a while longer, but I will also be fine, and it's going to be fine, and um, I just think all these things are healthy breakup emotions where I'm like, maybe yeah. she'll call, but I'm like, you know what? Like, screw her. I don't want to, I don't want her to call. Like, yeah. Um, because I, I just have to move on. Like I have to keep going. Yeah. Um, and as our 
our good friend, the world's best psychic, <laughs> told me. <laughs> um, Dee Dee Beck. Um, yeah, right before I finished, right before I got my job offer and, and the book thing was spoken about, I spoke to her and I was like, Dee Dee, these amazing things are happening in my life. And then she discussed the girl and she pulled my cards and she was like, this is the night. She's either here for a short time or a long time. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then the conclusion after I told her that, that she broke up with me, she was like, yes, this is the night. She was here for a short time. She came to do work and to break down your walls, but now she's gone forever. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, okay. I love Dee Dee and the support Dee Dee, but I feel like that's a little bit cheap to say she's either here for a long time or a short time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think she maybe was trying to protect me from hearing that it wasn't <laughs> long term. Um, but I, 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 I have got, undergone a fundamental emotional change because of this relationship mm-hmm. in a way that I think is permanent. Like I, yeah, it's been very even, fascinating to watch. I think I had to go to um, a bar for work uh, like a club and uh, clubs are my least favorite scene ever so it's not like I was like oh this is awesome but like I was like noticing women and being like I guess I could go out on a date with her like I right after Lauren like it took two years for me to be like I could look at that person you know what I mean right and so now I'm all of a sudden like I'm heartbroken but I am looking at people and wondering if I maybe could go out on dates yeah and meanwhile, um, your other, your ex is just so fucked up that she's probably not going to be. Oh, feeling... right, that's. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to put that on her, um, on air. But I do hope. I don't. I it's hard for. It's hard for me to imagine her, on air. <laughs> her life being better than mine right now. <laughs> right. And maybe she's not as sad because she did the dumping, but like, but. I am so, so grateful and humbled for all of the the wonderful things the universe has provided me with this week to, like, keep me afloat. Right. And yeah. I'm not saying that I, I'm thinking that she has bad... You are one lucky gal. Yeah. I, I'm not thinking that she has bad things in her life. I'm just saying that, like, it's hard for me to imagine a world where someone has has better things than I do because I'm so grateful. Aww. Yeah. Wow. You yeah. are just... You are amazing. Oh, I have one more thought for people because I know that a lot of people reached out after the breakup episode mm-hmm. and said, "I know like, that was so this cool." Really great to hear from from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to, so like I feel like I'm doing this in service of people that are feeling lonely and isolated. So, <laughs> one of my, I think one of the things that you and I talked about on the last episode, but I wanted to revisit and make it like solidified is that I feel both that I was, like, a perfect person, not perfect, obviously, bad <laughs> word, but, like, I feel like I was kind, and I was generous, and I was unscared. What's the right. opposite of unscared? Fearless. Fearless. I was unafraid. Sorry, unscared. Wow, she's the writer. Um, <laughs> I was unafraid, and if I was afraid, I pushed past it and said that I yeah. needed to do it anyway, and I made myself so vulnerable yeah. that... Uh, and I left nothing unsaid. If things came up, I wanted to discuss them with her immediately. Yeah. Um, and therefore, I I don't have regrets. And first of all, two lessons. One, I can be perfect and someone can still dump me. <laughs> two. Right. Um, two, like, I know how tempting it is to try and change yourself for another person's pleasure. Mm-hmm. or like desire like what they're what they're looking for but I think it at the even at the very very beginning stages of a relationship it is so rewarding to be honest yeah and like do it before you get attached kids like don't <laughs> just because like it's a first date don't don't feel like you can't be authentic maybe right. like you don't need to share everything right off the bat because that is about your comfort level with vulnerability but right but definitely don't ever lie and and, like, I, I was perfectly compatible with this person, in, a, in theory, and I did everything well, and I was so happy, and I only had the good things in this relationship. Like, I didn't have any bad memories. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it just means that you just have to, I, like, now I'm, I'm like, okay, I can be myself. Like, 
I never right. ever have to wonder if the authentic version of myself is a, is attractive to people. Right. What and, a beautiful I, lesson. <laughs> which I, I do think, yes, she broke up with me. I just, like, cannot believe any part of my brain thinks that it has anything to do with me as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and that tells me that there are people out there that if I am 100% authentic and honest, there are people that will find me attractive and want to date me. Right. And I think that everyone should remember that as they move forward. And I, and when things do come to an end, you'll be really, really happy that you didn't compromise. You are preaching so much wisdom right now. Well, the we, when we go through the fires of hell, <laughs> <laughs> we come up with some lessons. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I would do it. I would freaking do it again. I'm I'm not scared to say that like this may happen a couple more times to me. <laughs> well, I'll be here on the other end of the phone if and when. That's what I'm saying. So find yourself some friends. And then fucking brave it because there's literally no point in this life of holding yourself back. Yeah. Wow. This is very inspiring. Well, it's a really sunny day in New York and I'm really, really high on that. Yeah. That's amazing. It was the most fucking beautiful day yesterday in LA too. Oh man. It was perfect for shooting a sunset shot that we did at the end of last night. That was a really skillful segue, so now I want to turn it over to you, and I want to hear all about this project that you've been working on, which is so very cool. Okay. Oh, and I also, I would like to return to your job, so remind me before the episode ends. Okay. Um, I have no problem reminding everyone that we're going to talk about me. <laughs> okay, great. Good, good, good. Um, she's back, guys. <laughs> um, I... Okay, so last night we shot this scene where um, I Shaq and I smashed a TV, and um, because basically the premise for this music video is that I'm I'm a girl flipping through channels and I'm envisioning I'm envisioning all of the stuff that I grew up on, like all of these MTV shows and dating shows and you know commercials. I'm, like, imagining them all as super inclusive and diverse and queer. Um, and then, um, kind of towards the bridge of the song, I snap out of it and I realize that everything is, you know, all straight and white and heteronormative, blah, blah, blah. And then um, the final chorus, um, me and my girlfriend smash the TV and we, like, smash all of the, you know, whatever. Smash all of that symbolism, blah, blah, blah. So, um... So this week was so crazy because we found a couple of old TVs on Craigslist and one of them was in Santa Clarita, which is like an hour and a half north of LA. Right. And and then another one was in Torrance, which is like an hour and a half south. (laughs) So we basically just did a road trip, like circling Los Angeles County um, and got some TVs. Yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. Um... And then, so yesterday we shot this, the scenes of me flipping through channels, and then right at sunset we brought the TVs up to this really beautiful um, hillside. It's part of the hike that I took you on, um, where, okay. where um, it's like overlooking, it's an open space and it's overlooking, you know, Los Angeles skyline is in the background and like you can just see, it's really beautiful. And so we went up there and we brought the TV and we had two TVs, so we had two takes of it. And so I had a metal baseball bat, and then um, and I had gloves on and, like, protective eyewear. But, um, like, Zach really wanted to have us both do metal baseball bats. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to break it. And he's like, no, you, you should be able to. And then I ended up borrowing... Do you mean, do you mean strong-wise or emotionally? Like... Like, physical strength. Okay, got it. <laughs> and so we ended up... Um, Keith, who uh, who is the guy who Sheck works for, um, he had a spare axe. I was at his house the other day, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to take this, too. So I'm, like, driving around with an axe and a metal baseball bat and some gloves <laughs> in my trunk. And then um, we go and we shoot the scene, and <laughs> it's like we had three cameras. We he, Zach asked two other friends to come, and we were, they were all filming from three different angles. We're, like, there right at... Golden Hour and 
you know, like the setup takes a really long time and we practice like me walking into the frame to make sure it's all set up. And they're like, okay, like you're just gonna walk up to it and you're just gonna swing. And so I go running up and I swing as hard as I can with this metal baseball bat and I take a bat to the screen and it just goes, doing <laughs> makes like the highest ringing sound. And just does, like and didn't does, even come close. No, it's just like, Blink, like did not shatter at all and like meanwhile my entire like my bones are reverberating like I yeah. hit it with all my strength and I'm like ooh, ooh. And they're like okay go again go again and so I kept trying to hit it and it wouldn't break and then finally Shek comes on the other side with um the like back end of the axe like the blunt end not the sharp part and mm-hmm. it just like cracks immediately and so then we do a whole take and we smash the TV to smithereens and like is my... is Sheck in the video? Yeah, she is. She oh very reluctantly she was not. But that's happy. awesome. Yeah, so she's in it smashing. She was really upset with me. That's a whole other story, but um, she just does not like to be filmed. But I was cool. like, I was like, I need you in this, so <laughs> you're gonna need and it. And relationships are about compromise. Exactly. And asking for what you need. Yeah. And, and if she and if she doesn't give you what you need, you dump her ass. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I um, gave Shaka ultimatum, and she chose our relationship. And <laughs> good for video. Um. So, anyways, then we get the second TV, and we're gonna smash it again, and the same thing happens. I like swing with all my might, and it's like doink, and they're like, okay, we, we really want Maddie to be the one to shatter it, so like just do it again. And I did it so many times, and I'm like, oh, my hands hurt, and Shek's like laughing at me, being like, what is your deal? And then finally, we're like, let's just try the axe. And so then I tried using the axe, and it smashed right away. And, oh, cool. And so the bat was just not heavy enough to break it. Well, well, it's also, aren't they hollow? Like, the insides are not... Yeah, exactly. There's a really big difference between a bat and a axe. And, yeah, like a wooden axe with, like, a heavy metal end. Because, so, like, so, the difference is, like, the purpose of a bat is to, like, basically take the momentum of the baseball and then like shoot it outward you know it's not like it generates all of that energy like an axe you have to swing yourself it's and there's no there's no moving parts to it so this makes a lot of sense right yeah everyone that was a brief physics lesson wow good for you you're genius thank you thank you (laughs) but that was that was what I thought from the beginning and Zach wanted to do two bats and I was like I don't know like let's just get and we also we were looking into finding a sledgehammer but we didn't that would have been good yeah, but I was like, Keith had this axe, and I was carrying the axe, like, I was at Keith's until really late, and then I just, like, walked to my car, which was kind of a long walk, and the silhouette of my shadow, like, With the axe. <laughs> me just <laughs> holding this axe at my side. That's amazing. <laughs> like, walking back to my car alone at midnight with a fucking axe. I was like, no one is going to fuck with me right now. Like, I don't need to do the key in between the knuckle trick. Like, I'm holding an axe, so. That is a really, really good feeling. Yeah. No, it was, because normally I'm scared to walk to my car at that time, and I just felt really powerful. That's like sometimes when I have an umbrella or, like, the few, few times that I've carried pepper spray in New York, I'm like, no one fuck with me, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I did have the thought, like, someone could just walk up snatch it out of my hand and I wouldn't even hack me with it but anyway I feel like I feel like if you're trying to casual hack me (laughs) casual hack me hackathon um that that's a coding joke (laughs) no I know I just know how much you hate when I silently don't respond to your I really do it's really tough for me um, I, you, I give you, do you need to give me an ultimatum? I give you plenty of courtesy laughs, and I'm not going to say when or where it happens, <laughs> but... <laughs> I just oh, think you, you torturous bitch, are you <laughs> kidding me right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I had to destroy a TV, and then... Um, and then we were, like, cleaning up shards of glass, like, as the sun was going down. And we were in the spot that we were at is, like, a very popular stoner spot. So multiple cars of, like, teenagers came and just pulled up and were silently watching me, like, unsuccessfully hit a TV. Right. <laughs> and they're just, like, staring at me. Like, there are these two teenage boys who are just passing the blunt, like, not even looking at each other. Passing staring the blunt. At they're just, like, back and forth handing it to each other and just watching me. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Um, but yeah, it was really fun. And then afterwards, we had to go find a dumpster to throw the TVs out. And it was just me and Check. And I was trying to lift this heavy ass TV over my head. And we were like in this parking lot, just yelling at each other. And being like, no, turn it this way. What are you doing? Like, no. Wait, why did you need to lift the TV? Because the dumpster was so high. So we're, like, trying to lift it over our heads to throw it out. And, oh, got it. Um, and anyways, it was the most physical duress I've been under in a while. So okay. I'm pretty sore today. Yeah, I can't even imagine. No, it's things like that that are, like, they're not workouts, but they're things that randomly use the muscle repeatedly yeah. where you're, like, oh, my God, that is so painful. Yeah, exactly. I I was, like, I took Advil right away and, like, stretched myself out and put my CBD lotion all over my body, but I was just, like, I woke up and I felt so stiff, and I just laid there staring at the ceiling and was, like, hopefully I can move today. Um, and so, anyways, I'm just, it was, it was a lot on my body for someone who has a podcast called Love is a Softball Field. I never have really swung a a bat in that manner well that's not how you would use it for a softball game anyway but yeah I I support you yeah it was just it was a crazy experience and and it really hurt my hands and um yeah yeah that's when you when you see the beautiful shot of me smashing the tv in the video just know just know how much effort went into it (laughs) yeah I'm really worried I'm gonna look back at the footage and my face is just gonna be like a gremlin like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I was I was so not focused on my physical appearance. I was mm-hmm. just, like, sweatily hacking at a TV trying to make a dent in it. Oh, man. Um, Damn. But, yeah, it's been a very exciting week, and we've dedicated so much time to this video, and um, I have barely, barely worked at all for my day job, and, like, it's been so exciting, and I kind of said this last week, too. Like, it would be really fun if this could just be my full-time job, because... Dude, it will be. Very soon. Ugh. I don't very, know. very soon. No, I'm I'm sure. <sighs> I'm also... I, I'm starting to get my head wrapped around the fact that I'm leaving for tour in, like, three weeks, I think, which is fucking insane, and so I've got a lot to do, and I've got Are you serious? Yeah, and I've got a show this weekend, so tomorrow we're gonna start rehearsing, and I haven't, you know, I need to start doing my daily vocal warm-ups for my show on Saturday, and I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Oh my god. Yeah. Damn, I just feel like I just, we just did this, we just talked about you going on tour. I know. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's good for me. It's really, really fun. No, I think it's rad, and I think that I I feel like you are, like, stressed about not having done work and stuff, but I feel like this is, like, a brief investment in your musical career, and I think that's good. So I think it's good that you're, yeah. like, dedicating all this time to it. And Yeah, I mean, it feels like I don't have any other choice, but I mm-hmm. also am, like, oh, boy, like, I have... <laughs> I have, like, a few bills that are going to be coming out of my bank account very shortly, and, like, probably I'm going to need to ask my parents to lend me a couple hundred bucks to pay my car insurance and, like, utility But Like, it's just one of those things where I feel like a pathetic piece of shit for not supporting myself and, like, you know. like okay, a lot you of, know what? <laughs> a lot of I st- have fucking thoughts. Okay, let's hear them. No, no, go ahead, finish. I was just going to, you know finalize my statement and saying that I feel like there's a lot of self-hatred for me in terms of you know in terms of just like putting stuff on my credit card and not making a good amount of money and like not just kind of going into debt like I to me that was always something that I was like I'm never gonna do I'm never gonna put myself through that I'm never gonna put my family through that like I would never live outside my means um, and the idea of debt is just, like, really traumatic for me, um, because, like, our family was so, you know, hit so hard by 2008, like, economy crashing, and it was in, like, a really formative time in my life, and so I have so much fear and shame tied up with money, and it's really scary for me to be taking these risks, and, like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just so 
Like my level of stress, I can't even look at my bank account because it just scares me so much. <laughs> okay, um, I, you, <laughs> when I interrupted, we had not yet talked about debt, so my, my aggressive response is no longer valid, and I think <laughs> it's really, it's acceptable to be worried about your personal debt and like, I'm sorry, not acceptable, it's, I get it, um, what like, was your that, what was your interjection going to be? <laughs> you, well, so as soon as you said that you felt a lot of shame from borrowing money from your parents, I was gonna I was gonna interject. Okay. Um, just because I've just been talking about this a lot recently, and how, like, where does it come from? Like, uh, this is actually a little bit unrelated to what you were saying. So I really mm-hmm. apologize for the departure. No, no, please. Um, I just like have been thinking a lot about our culture of self sufficiency and like. Yeah. how important it is for Americans to, like, never, ever rely on their parents. Even if it's, like, your parents are rich and then you're, like, but I can never, ever take money from them. Right. And I must be self-sufficient. Even though it's, like, like you don't, you don't need to. Like, yeah, people are, even, especially rich people, actually, are so weird about <laughs> how much they refuse to rely on other people. And I think it just yeah. speaks oh, to... Oh, rich people are the weirdest about money, hands down. Yeah. Like no, for sure. Least generous, weirdest. <laughs> but, like, least generous, but also can... Well, that's like, not... Yeah, hold, that's that's a blank statement. That's hold not. themselves... Often hold themselves to the standard of self-sustainability mm-hmm. that, like, they materialistically don't need to do. Like... Yeah. Like, and I think it's just this weird cultural... Um, cultural currency that we're like well I did it all myself so that you can kind of somehow negate your privilege and it's like or you could just be really good about acknowledging your privilege and like acknowledge that you are only successful because of the people that have supported you in your life and you could be a little less ashamed about about not making all your money yourself if that is going to make you happier and make you a better person in the world and make everyone stop working at fucking banks (laughs) right (laughs) um I don't know I just feel like I grappled with this a lot being trying to be an artist at some point and being like having so much shame about the fact that it would probably cost me money for a while to do that right and um, well and and it is like a privilege that we both have that we are just pursuing these things you know like like I recognize that too oh absolutely and I'm not I think I'm not arguing with the, I'm not trying to argue that we're not in a privileged position of doing that. Yeah. I just think that, like, feeling guilty over exercising that privilege is not a healthy emotion. Mm. Um, unless yeah. you're, like, I don't know. I, and I, I mean, it is healthy. It is healthy if you plan on doing something about it. But, like, oh, I just talked myself into a hole really badly. <laughs> I just mean that, um... The world will be better off with you as a musician, and mm-hmm. I think that it is going to take some money and take leaning on people and take, like, something that might feel shameful for you to, like, accept help and accept sponsorship and accept um, people who believe in you to rely on you because of this, like, super, super ingrained concept that, like, you shouldn't rely on anyone ever in your life. Right. But I don't get the sense that what you're doing is, like, leaning on your parents to the point of discomfort or, right. like, putting them out because of it. I feel like you're being so responsible, and I feel like you should... Yes, I feel like, you know, it's good that you're approaching cautiously to borrow money, but I I don't think that when you said that you feel like a piece of shit, it made me unhappy. Yeah, that was really strong language, but... Um... You know, there you have it. That's what happens in my brain sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been, like, anxiously braiding my, the, like, tie to my pants while you're talking because I feel like this just, uh, you know, subconsciously makes me anxious. And, um, I braided it into three, like, three braids and then they're all frayed at the, at the end and it looks exactly like Angelica's doll Cynthia in Rugrats. Oh boy, (laughs) I wasn't allowed to watch Rugrats, so I don't know. What?! Yeah. You weren't up, allowed right? to watch Rugrats? Yeah. yeah. What kind of bullshit is that? I was only allowed to watch PBS cartoons. Wow, that's depressing. I'm sending yeah. you a picture right now of my pants. I, of, um, of my braid. 
we should post this too. Yeah, it was a deprived childhood <clears throat> for sure. That's really fucked. Um, what What was the oh, reasoning? Yeah. Like, you're... I think it was too loud and obnoxious, and I don't know. I think that the Rugrats had too much energy and spunk to them, and, and we wouldn't want me to turn out that way, you know? Mm, yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I loved the podcast, the Dead Rabbits podcast, and I, n- uh, I hadn't... I... I hadn't heard that version of the story yet. I thought it was fantastic. And um, and I really loved all the, like, backstory you gave about the generations of, like, you know, boundary-pushing women in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for saying that. It was, this is another situation where <laughs> the universe provided me with an over gener- like, just, like, such a generous response to me being heartbroken. Right. Like, I start this new job where everyone tells me they're so excited to have me. I go to, <laughs> I get to, he- like, the podcast gets released, and this person's job is to be, like, this person's amazing, listen to them speak. Like, I am so, so grateful for that. Um, and I'm not scared this week of being, like, everyone tell me I'm awesome because like, <laughs> I'm in a place right now where I need some validation and there's just nothing yeah. wrong with that if you do it in moderation. You really um, have been like so vocal about demanding your needs in in a really <laughs> awesome way. Like not in a, I'm totally down for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like people are going to let it, and I, I, I just have asked, I've leaned on so many people in the last week And yet I have not felt like a burden because I know that it comes from a place of deep, like of, of temporary need. And I have put in work to be generous with my time otherwise. And like to lean on myself more than other people. And so that in this moment, yeah, when I really need, like I reached out appropriately and I think that's awesome for myself. Guys, I'm just still, I'm still tooting my own horn for the next (laughs) couple days and then I'll stop. I promise. No, no, it's fair. It's fair. Keep going. No, um, but I loved the podcast too. Like, it was just so fun for me to hear to think about you through someone else's eyes, and like they mm. were just gushing about you, and they were like, "We've got this reading series," and like, you know, you were just referred to them by a friend, and they didn't know what to expect, and then you just like walked in and read this fucking story and blew them away, and they were just like so excited about getting to talk to you and get to know you and work with you and you just I was just smiling the whole time I was like fuck yes Mm, thanks buddy you're welcome yeah it was really really fun to read the piece um again and chat with them and I um (laughs) yesterday I met with Brian and I was like so this book and he's like yeah like whenever and I'm like no fall like (laughs) fall 2019 I want to be done with it and he's yes. like, uh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, book's out next, 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 end of the next summer. And he's yes. like, all right, <laughs> I guess we're doing it. Good. That's really um, cool. Just because I know that my brain works. If I sat here and I said, one day I'd like to write a book, I could spend years planning yeah. what to do. And, and I think most people do. Yeah, and I think I'm just taking a page out of your book a little bit where you're like, Shaq and I had this concept album. The PR company asked if we could have it done by May, and we said yes. And right. then you work backwards from there, and you're like, like, what do we need to do to get this done this week? What do we need to get this right. to do? And, and everything is, like, happening right under the wire. I know that you're, like, <laughs> feeling really ill about that. Like, you shot all weekend, and isn't the movie due tomorrow? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and, yes, it's coming under the wire, and I'm sure and we've that, we've got like, another one... shoot tonight from 4 to 8. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sure one day you're going to look back and be like, Oh, I would have done that maybe a little bit differently, but, like, for now, you can just be so proud of the work that you did, and yeah. I want that. Like, I don't, I'm sure yeah. that I'll look back and be like, well, like, maybe I would change some things, but, like, right. better to have the thing out, and... Yeah, it's the only way to move forward, and it's the I only agree. way to get where you want to be, is to just do the shit, to yeah. just write the book, and and it it really does feel like a parallel, too, for the music industry, like all the advice I've ever heard from from people who work successfully in music is, like, getting signed is, like, the very first step, and it, like, does not mean success, and, you know, just because, basically, it's just that idea of, like, no one is going to work harder for you than you are for yourself, mm-hmm. and so, like, even though you've got people being like, yeah, we'll publish your book, like, 
it's still up to you to be like, it is happening here and now. This is the time. I'm in the driver's seat. Like, you can help support me. But, like, you are the product and you are the person with the vision and the goals. And you find people to join your team to help you achieve that. But, like, mm-hmm. you're the driver and you've got to you've got to take initiative like how you just did. I think that's super cool. And one of the fun things about working with this press, which I'm super excited about, is that um, this is not a situation where I hand over a manuscript and then someone does something with it. This Mm -hmm. is going to be a situation where I finish with the the book part of it and then it's like I have to make some decisions and I have to figure out how we're going to do this thing and I have to like look at it through more time. Like it's like I'm going to be so hands-on. And then with the PR stuff, like – I am, and I try to explain this to Brian where it's like, I am equally as stoked about the writing part as I am about what kind of campaign we're going to do. Like, similar to how excited you got to make your, like, teen zine. Yeah. Like, those kinds of things bring me so much joy to, to, like, create not just the body of work itself, but, like, how I'm going to communicate it to people. I just, I'm, I was, I was telling him that I'm not the kind of person who sits alone and writes and then like hands it off and then writes some more I'm like oh I make this thing and then I really want to do like a very thorough job of sharing it with people and and working on how that's gonna go and he's like great because like (laughs) you're gonna need to do a lot of work right Um, and I'm gonna have to go to bookstores and like read or try and sell them my book and like right um that's gonna be really really cool yeah I know and I was talking to you too like it would I don't really know I don't know the publishing world obviously but um, if I were you, I would start looking into, like, press companies now and, um, you know, look at some, like, your favorite indie books and see, like, what PR and whatever, like, pu- that type of thing. Yeah. So um, I think that the, the good thing about this working with a press is that that is, like, hiring someone to do PR is their job. Right, okay. Um, and I think I, I trust them that they're going to try and do a good job for that. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then they, like, so it's basically, like, I have a lot of say, and I have a lot of agency, and I'm gonna have to do a lot of work, but luckily, just, like, it was really, really nice for you to unload that PR burden. Yes. I mean, like, how emotionally refreshed do you feel not having to field all those emails and, like... Truly so much better. It it was, like, the perfect addition to, like, if I had to pick one addition to my team it would definitely be that over manager or booking or whatever yeah or like if you were gonna write a book (laughs) um of step by step becoming a famous musician I feel like (laughs) you getting someone to handle all of that would be like one of the first things you buy with with resources if you get them yeah it's well it's like you're in a video game and then you're leveling up and it's like you've got like a certain amount of coins and you gotta pick where they go like (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll put them towards this. I love that you couldn't even just like talk about that like it was real money. You're like, <laughs> I, I have to imagine a world where I have little video game coins. Yep. <laughs> you're this well, is a this is a psychological technique where you're trying to distance <laughs> yourself from the material reality of money. Oh, <laughs> uh, you called out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did it. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much. Oh, I'm so, so excited for you. This is just a time where your world is opening up, and I'm just, I have really, really good feelings about this Aww. year. I know. I'm I'm really, really stoked. I'm worried that I'm going to have, <laughs> I mean, obviously, this shows more into my psyche just worrying about this, but I'm worried that there's going to be a crash after the album's out and, like, my PR campaign is done where I'm just going to be, like, now what? Like, I did it, and I did all that work, and then this is what I have to show for it, and, like... Sure. I Can know. I just, just alleviate just your worry for a second? Yeah, please. I think that is 100% gonna happen. <laughs> what, the, the <laughs> crash? I, like, it. there is not a universe I can imagine where there wouldn't be an emotional come down from... Right, 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 From right. all of the energy you've been putting in. Yeah, well, emotional th- come down for sure, but I'm thinking um, more of, like, tactically, like, okay, I made my album, now what? Like, fuck. Okay, Is so two things. One, not- you you said that about going on tour, you were like, I'm really worried that after tour I'm going to be like, what now? Did I say um, that? Yep, and then immediately <laughs> after tour you st- embarked on this project and had something new set up. Oh. <laughs> um. So there's that, and then the second thing I want to um, tell you is that... <laughs> 
Um, similar to, remember how we talked about I've gushed over February and how amazing February was, and I was just yeah. like, everything is going well in the world and nothing can go wrong, and like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nothing can hurt me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this thing happens, and it's so crushing and so terrible, yeah. and I'm like, well, the, I, I shattered the illusion of February, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, like... Yes, it's devastating and it can feel like a frustrating block, but I also, you know, your advice has been like, allow yourself to feel things, allow yourself to experience that emotion. Don't give me my own advice. That's meant for you. (laughs) Um, Be nice to my pal Maddie. Um, I think that if you do experience a situation where you're like, oh my God, I'm lost. I feel like that is such a part of, of artists' lives where they're like, Right. I finished this one thing, I'll never do it again. Like, I'll never write as something like that again, and I'm terrible. Like, that happens yeah. to me every time I finish a piece. Yeah. Um, uh, Like, especially, I feel that right now about writing, because that piece <laughs> that you read is the last thing that I really started and worked on. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago, and I haven't done anything since, and I'm like, I will never write something that good again. Well, I feel like you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life and brain currently that the next thing you write is going to be really great whenever you're ready to sit down and face it okay can you say that one more time slowly please i think yeah that when you're ready to sit down and write about Mm -hmm. everything you're going through right now Uh or like when you think when i'm ready to sit down and make music this could be true too yeah 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 i think that (laughs) i think that the next song you write is going to be a hit so I want you to hear that, and I want you to know that that you've worked on this project. You've put so much time and Are energy. Are you giving me my own advice? No, I again. I think that everyone listening knew that when I said, "Can you repeat that really slowly?" Oh. It was meant for your ears. <laughs> I thought you just couldn't understand me. <laughs> no, I'm trying to tell you that what goes around comes around in this advice and love giving department. But I. <laughs> Like, it couldn't have been more clear to me what was happening, but um, I think that... Uh, I was like, oh, she needs you to say it slower. Oh, she's, she's so simple and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Annie, she's so slow. Annie. Um, <laughs> I, I think you've created this amazing piece, and you have just, like, I just am so proud of you and you should be proud of you and I know that you are and I think I can even if you won't say it on air I can sense that you're so proud of yourself which I am. is I for sure rightful am. rightful emotion yeah. to have and I think that you will have a moment where you're like well that was really fucking cool but I'll never do anything that cool again and I think yeah. you just need to sit and have faith that it came from somewhere inside of you and that that place exists so Maybe it's your brain telling you that it really doesn't work on me. Want to work on music for a little bit because it's so fucking tired. <laughs> but then when you're ready, like this is a part of who you are, buddy. Like it's gonna come back out. Just like every time I try to fucking quit being a writer, something happens, and I'm like, yeah, I'm back. To, I'm here. I am again. Damn. When you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you do want to have a a two months where you're just like. You're on vacation, and and we talked about how hard, not just, like, it's not just work. It's, like, emotional, physical, logistical labor that you're going through. All I want is to pay off my credit card bills. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is, like, probably going to be a little bit longer, but Mm -hmm. just because I don't know what the the monetary flow of being a musician looks like. I think it's, like, nothing, 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 very little, Nothing, nothing, nothing. Until Dead. the end of time. <laughs> okay. Ted. <laughs> Yikes. Um, well, that's not great. But, um, you know, I I believe that you are going to have some success coming up. Let's talk about the fact that you were in how many magazines this week that were really cool ones? Oh, my gosh. Curve. Yeah? The coolest lesbian magazine. I was so excited. And I didn't even know that was going to happen. And then I just saw... I just got tagged in this thing, and I was like, ah! Yeah, and you, you just, like, all these things are, I think we're approaching a tipping point for you, and I think that that's great, and I think that you, I'm just, I'm, I feel really good. I feel really good about this. Yeah, and I'm glad you reminded me of that, because I definitely, I think I just particularly this morning 
was speaking from a very vulnerable state, Mm -hmm. but I also, like, do want to celebrate that, and, like, if I, if that had happened to me, like, six months ago, I would have been so excited, and I don't want to, like, let the novelty wear off just because my expectations are getting bigger. It's, like, such a privilege that someone would want to write about me or include my music in anything. Mm -hmm. Like, it really is a fucking privilege, and I'm super grateful. And, yeah. and proud and all that. I don't I don't want to come off as, like, some ungrateful, like, poor me. No, I don't think you ever sounded that way. I think that you expressed the actual emotional journey it takes to make art. And I think that no matter how mm-hmm. successful you are, like, Tina Fey just runs the fucking world, and she still has moments where people are like, you're, you're so irrelevant. Um, you know? That's that's so cruel. She gave us Mean Girls. We owe her our lives. <laughs> well, so when after after the whole um, Charlottesville situation where she went on SNL and was like, everyone sit home and eat cake, like, she got yeah. a ton of backlash, and everyone's just like, she's so irrelevant. Um, but she yeah. then, she when she issued her, like, I think she spoke about it for the first time on David Letterman's Netflix show, mm-hmm. and she was just like, look, I made a mistake in public. And there's actually this great quote that is, I don't remember who said it, why said it, why they said it, but it's something about how you can't learn unless you make a mistake in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, 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 her response was like, no, I didn't go on Twitter and issue a statement. Like, I think Twitter's dumb. So like, mm-hmm. she may not be operating under the, in the same ways that everyone else is like, constantly commenting and and reacting but she's like but I I eventually heard what people like someone contacted me and told me what was happening and I feel so terrible and I I have learned from that I've learned that that language is inappropriate what happened again I can't even remember she was on SNL (coughs) after the Charlottesville um like alt-right march rally yeah and she was like just ranting and eating cake and being like, I'm so mad and so blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, and, and like, so you know what? Like, don't go meet those assholes and like out there, like stay home and eat cake. So I think the the mm. way that it was interpreted was like, you're asking people to sit out. Um, and what we actually need right. is white people to show up, gotcha. which totally valid. Gotcha. And then the way that she explained it much later was like, what I should have said was, fight them every in every way except for the way that they want so like mm-hmm. that's what she wished she had said was that like she's not for backing down or fi- or not fighting she's just like don't fuel their fire I guess mm-hmm. I don't know so I maybe and it's obviously like maybe she's not the person that we should be looking for <laughs> looking to for our activism advice um mm-hmm. but I what I appreciate about that moment and I'm not here to, like, alleviate her from guilt for that initial statement that she made. What I'm trying to say is I really, really appreciate someone who can make us make a statement in public, yeah. be told that they really fucked it up, yeah, and then come back. And, like, fucking Kevin Hart and Louis C.K. who are like, guys, I'm tired of apologizing. Like, fuck you. Like, Tina Fey yeah. was like, no, I own that mistake, and I yeah. really messed that up, and yeah, I will cool. learn from it, and I will not make that mistake again. Right. So, I think maybe she is no longer the voice of our generation and is becoming a little too white feminist for us. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that makes her a bad person. Gotcha. Yeah, I just respected how she pledged to learn and move forward. I think that's what we yeah. should all be doing. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I had wanted to return one more time before we stop talking to your work, but we're sort of out of time. But you and I had a conversation the other day and I was asking like, so like, what, what are you literally doing at work? Do you feel, you know, qualified and competent? It's like, you just like jumped into this job. And like, I'm like, do you like, I don't know. I just, I think I'm really used to imposter syndrome and like, and like women our age feeling that. And I'm just like, wow, like you just jumped in and you had the most amazing response. And you were just like, no, like I don't fucking question how smart I am. Like, I know I can do this job. Like I'm excited. Like they told me my (laughs) first few. 
yeah, you were like, my, oh my they God. told me my first few projects and I'm like, fuck yeah, like this is so cool. I'm so excited to get started. And I just thought that was really cool and interesting that like, you know, you just are jumping into this work and you're like, hell yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. So the way I've been describing this to people at work is, um, it is like the feeling. And for those of you who have never done this, I'm sorry for nerding out on you, but it's the feeling of opening an Excel document and mm-hmm. it having tens of thousands of cells populated. And you're like, I have no idea what this is saying to me, but if I spend an hour or two looking around it and like making a couple of graphs just to like start figuring out where I am, suddenly I start to understand what kind of questions I need to ask next. Um, <laughs> so you're like, that was too nerdy to share. Very um, nerdy. I loved it. I respect that. I respect that. I just think that, <laughs> yes, my immediate reaction was like, oh my God, you're asking me to do something I've never done before. Right. What am I going to do? You, like, no one has the answer to this. Like, what if I fail? Of course I think that. Yeah. Um, and then my second thought is that, like, you know what? Like, I have a wonderful capacity for complicated thinking and intelligence. Mm-hmm. I, I know that because I have survived in this world so far. Um, right. I got this job. I've been, I've been through my education and, um, no, I've never won an award. So like in case anyone's wondering if <laughs> I've gotten external validation, I'm not sure where it comes from necessarily, but I, um, yes, there's the worry that I'm not going to deliver them the product that they want. But I was like, okay, don't panic. They're going to send you a hundred documents right now. Yeah. Um, you don't need to know what you're looking at right now. You just need to read it. So my initial, and that is also just like how my brain works is like, I don't need to know the information. I want to synthesize what I'm looking at and like give you my observation and give you my opinion about it. Yeah. So I'm just trying, all I need to do is like system, system, um, make more formal the things that I already do in my world, which is like, I read this piece and I think about this about it, you know? So, um, I am not, I think whatever I deliver will be, first of all, better than nothing. Um, and will be something they haven't thought about before because they haven't spent the time on it before. Mm -hmm. Um, and my plan is to just continue reading through these documents, jot down questions that I have and begin to organize in my head what I'm looking at and what we could do to go forward wow that was very inspiring and you just sound so confident and intelligent when you speak about it that's so cool um I feel very much like I've I've found my way home work-wise wow that is so fucking cool and I do think that part of that is like it's real like I just like my god could I be more grateful for how my life has turned out like I went to this program where they did all these project management skills, which I think kind of jived with me because I was like, okay, I need to, like, solve these problems and stuff like that. Yeah. But then what was lacking was that we were not doing it with emotion and we weren't doing it with heart. Mm-hmm. So not only do I get to do those skills as a project manager, yeah, um, I'm doing it in this environment that already inherently shares my values of, right. of being vulnerable and being on it. Like, one of the first things that Trevor says about his workplace is that it's a vulnerable place to work. Right. Um, and I just am so, it's like those two worlds of mine that have forever been completely incompatible yeah. are, are, are together in a way that means that I get to do work and I've always, you know how we, we sometimes talk about my math brain and like, where did that come from? Or like people hear right. that I was really good at math as a kid and they're like, wait, what? Like I've never met a right, like not really never, but yeah. like we think of me as being this artist, weird type comedian type. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, I have a very strong affinity for math and not skill-wise, just like I always loved it. And mm-hmm. um, I get to reconcile those two parts of my brain by working on a project that requires like a more systems say, brain. I was going to say, you really use both sides of your brain. Yeah. And so I get to do that. I get to like do that, but also do it with a sense of understanding and with compassion for my coworkers and at yeah. a place where everyone shares those values. Yeah. <sighs> Damn, bud. My, I just am so, so grateful. And I, I hope that everyone can eventually like ping pong themselves back to a place that, that makes a lot of sense. You're an inspiration. Nah. Oh, yes, you are. Wait, wait until should. I, wait until I fail to finish my book and don't have that out in the world. But 
Look, well, all I can that, do is try. That's not gonna happen because all the LSFers are gonna. <laughs> LSFers. <laughs> if oh no, um, I think that maybe if you are looking for some um some artistic projects after your tour, you could always be someone who helps me stay on task for my artistic project. True, true, true. Um, I trust your opinion and eyes a lot, so. My opinion. Oh, and eyes. I thought <laughs> you were just saying. Like, instead of and mine, like, and eyes. And eyes. Like, oh, Matt, maybe before you write your book, you should uh, <laughs> brush up. That's hilarious. Uh, well, we're over time now, but I could talk to you forever, and... Um, you probably and, will. And I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, buddy, I will talk to you soon. I can't wait for next week's uh, LSF, and I love you all. Love, everyone. Love, everyone. Bye. Bye.